Lagoon, to those gathered at the Circle Perilous, and to all the defenders of this broken land, welcome to episode 26 of Arako Public Radio for the week of February 8th. We are the Casual X-Men Chat Show, where we chat everything happening in Marvel's Mutants every single week. I'm Rod, and this is the Metroid Prime to my Super Metroid, my one and only Comega Mutant, Keegan. How's it going this week, buddy? Uh, it's going great. Uh, speaking of Metroid Prime, I mean, that Nintendo Direct was just so exciting did you did you grab metroid i haven't grabbed it yet uh because i have so many games in my backlog and i'm like i've played metroid but i'm excited like i think that's gonna be one of my summer deep dives i am the fool who spent the 40 bucks immediately and have not touched it yet because i've got a three-year-old hey it happens is that an honorary ooze shirt i see you wearing yes it is uh which i got and then it quickly went out of style (laughs) but um proud to have it Quick prediction before we move on, uh, before we film our next episode, or maybe we'll film, but before our next episode airs, Elimination Chamber will happen. That's right. Is Sammy winning? Um, I don't know. I, I think, so, big long-term prediction kind of combined with this. I think that either with Sammy or with Cody, there's going to be some Paul Heyman chicanery that splits the belts for Roman yeah. through like a legal loophole and allows... Cody to get his dad's belt and Sammy to get. I think that makes a lot of sense. My big prediction, you can call it here. I think Sammy wins, but through shenanigans, like whether it's Usos get him DQ'd or somehow he doesn't win the belts, but he's going to win the match to leave an air of mystery. I don't think they're going triple threat at Mania, but like there's going to be still that question of if Sammy did win, and that's probably what's going to lead to him getting the tag team belts at Mania because they're not going to give him the universal title even though he deserves it. He does. I mean, I think they could build to him getting the Universal at one of the big four. I think he should. I hope he. I, maybe SummerSlam. I I, I I I'm a fan of uh, Sammy getting the briefcase and then cashing in at SummerSlam. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Sammy and Kevin Owens are my two favorite dudes in WWE and have been for a while. So They're, if they, if they yeah, get their yeah, shine sure. finally, they get their shine finally. I'll be happy. Yeah. But before we get to Elimination Chamber, we have to talk about this week's books, which yes. are. Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number one, and Bishop War College, number one. And we're also going to talk a little bit of Marvel news, but double first, but first first, but first. This is our 26th episode, which mm-hmm. means we've been doing this for half of a year, dude. Me and you getting down every week talking about every X-Men book. Half it, of a year. It's crazy. It doesn't feel like it's been that long at all. No. So, you know uh, those trivia games that you love me throwing at you so much? Oh, I'm so good at them. <laughs> <laughs> I got a different kind for you today. Instead okay. of X-Men history, I want to talk a Rocco Public Radio history with you. Ooh. If you had to guess, how many comics do you think we've covered? Golly, how many comics? Okay. Um, ballpark. We've been doing it for six months. God. I 115. You were very close. This week puts us at 122. Dang. Okay. We have talked a lot of books. (laughs) We have two books this week, but then we've had, you know, eight book weeks, you know, Judgment Day. Judgment Day boosted the stats quite a bit. Dark Web boosted the stats quite a bit. But yeah, we average probably, well, I guess you do the math there. We average four point something a week. But I think really like our true average, if you take out some of the tie-ins is like a little under four. Like we average between three and four, I feel like. That's cool, though. So, wow. The other question for you. 
Yes. How long do you think a full binge of the show would be? Ooh, okay. So all of our all of our episodes, huh? I know we average around an hour, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. I'll tell you, yeah, it's not that big of a deviation from that mental math. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say twenty-nine hours. Pretty close. Including minis. Which I guess only add like twenty minutes, maybe an hour to it. We're at thirty-three hours. Hey, you know, so what? you couldn't quite fit close. it in a day, but pretty close. Yeah, pretty close on both. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, do do you want to take a guess at pre-editing what that binge would be? <laughs> no, I. You know, I don't know that I do. I want to say pre-editing. I want to put it closer to. 40 to 50 hours yeah yeah it's it's probably low 40s like yeah we've had a couple episodes that had a particularly long record sessions and then for the most part we just shaved maybe five minutes out so it's not a huge boost but there is a bit of a boost there so that's all i had for trivia but i'm curious like yeah do you off the top of your head have like a favorite comic we read well if we're talking like favorite single issue i'd have to put it somewhere in the x-men red judgment day uh you know just phenomenon of like where was it like five six seven eight you know yeah, <laughs> where it that, was that, just like that merciless run they went on <laughs> yeah like that was just insane probably somewhere around the death of magneto but if we're doing like favorite comic overall like just series i have to say exterminators both both great answers what about you single issue yeah it would have to be probably one of the reds maybe immortal maybe that la- the last two issues of immortal were pretty amazing they they were hour of magneto is probably like the pinnacle of the year period let alone like x-men specific uh but then did you want to say like favorite favorite the, like the conversation we had about mm. i don't know like we had a really fun conversation about the the mark russell uh like annual which i still think was a weird standout it was hard because i loved it so much but you made some really good points about how it like didn't line up with the rules of the rest of judgment day and it just ended up being a really cool back and forth so that was a really cool moment and honestly like i'm gonna ask you your least favorite thing we've read but it's interesting because some of my least favorite issues were the most fun to talk about though like like a couple of our percy conversations have become these like really fun back and forth because we're both just so worked up by the end of the conversation so yeah and i think that's it right like i to give percy some sort of flowers like (laughs) the thing is is like he makes me hate it which at least it's eliciting an emotion right? right that's that's something that i think is worth credit for like not even in a derogatory way if you can make me feel something at least you're making me feel something um which actually segues to my probably yeah. least favorite read and one of my least favorites to talk about, which is Marauders, because that doesn't elicit a hate reaction out of me. It just elicits a why the hell did they warp themselves into this pretzel of a wreck yeah, reaction out of me. I, I definitely think that would be it. I think my least favorite to talk about, and it's a good thing that because we didn't really have to talk about them uh was any of like the claremont retro shit (laughs) 
That's true. The stuff that was so not us, we punted even discussing it. That's fair. Yeah. So like Gambit, for instance, we tried keeping up with Gambit and eventually gave up because it added nothing to the show. Yeah. Um, the completionist I, in me, I did read them and it was not worth it. Right. So I think it would be between those, like pure hatred, you know, versus that. That's fair. No. <laughs> Like, my least favorite book out right now is still Wolverine. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm I, on my TikTok channel. I'm giving a one out of five to every book I read. Not like a super serious review, but I'm giving everything a score. And the only zero I've given is the most recent Wolverine issue. Like, I, I vividly hate that series. But yeah. my least favorite thing for this show has been Marauders because I just feel like it's important enough of a book we have to talk about it. But I actively dread talking about it. <laughs> No, absolutely. At least when we really, really dislike something, it can be a fun conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we make it another half a year so we can have a year celebration in, what did that be? July. Did we start in July? Okay. Uh, maybe I'm doing this math wrong. Maybe it's August, but yes. That, that feels right. Dang. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Late summer, <laughs> which means it'll be post-paternity leave, which means we hey. might not we we might lose our undefeated streak but as of right now we have not missed a week <laughs> i i think we got it us i think yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see <laughs> i will be up for recording but all of the editing will be moving to you in that instance <laughs> yeah well you know um i'll learn <laughs> all right i usually ask you what you want to talk about but i just want to jump right into storm let's guys. jump right into storm absolutely written by al ewing and drawn by Paco Medina, it literally opens with Arako blowing up, so uh, yikes on our branding, but <laughs> the story jumps back to the last stand of Arako, where we see Storm, Lactuka the Knower, Sabanar of the Depths, Weaponless Zen, Bobby DaCosta, Wrong Slide, Warpath, Korra, Nova, Frenzy, Wizkid, and many others, including Death, Horseman of the Apocalypse, fighting the endless clones and chimeras of Mr. Sinister. Storm's narration explains that publicly the Sinister Council blamed scrolls, but really, obviously, it was Sinister's doing. They suffer countless losses, including Sunspot, who's yet another of her dear friends Storm is forced to cradle as they die. Jumping forward to year 10, Storm and Destiny meet on Asteroid S, with Storm bitter and demanding answers after Destiny convinced Storm to wait to strike against Sinister. She blames her for the losses. She also doubts it's really Destiny and six her new friend and ally, John Ironfire, on Destiny, who is revealed, upon being stabbed with a molten arm spear, <laughs> to be Mystique in disguise. Mystique reveals the existence of the Moira engine and lays out a plan for the Brotherhood to go steal it. In a data page, we learn that the Brotherhood is Storm, Cable, Korra, Wizkid, Ironfire, and Newbie Quick with Mystique on this mission. They body slide to Muir Island, where more Chimera interrupt Wizkid, proving Mystique can't betray them. Storm leaves most of the team to fight on the surface while taking Ironfire and Wizkid into the base. They're attacked by more Chimeras and discover a living force field around the engine that is in and of itself another Chimera. Wizkid offers to break through while Ironside takes out the Chimera, while Topside, Quick, and Cable show off their best move. And when Storm stands ready to claim the engine, Wizkid... Wizkid stabs her. Turns out Mystique could betray them after all. And before John can avenge her, she teleports out with the engine. As Storm lies, seemingly dying, she assures John that Araka lives. Meanwhile, on the world farm, Destiny is explaining that she approves of this future for one reason and one reason only. Mystique lives. Her accomplice agrees and explains he too only likes sure bets. And the only sure bet is him, Orbis Stellaris.
Rat Fink Destiny. <laughs> oh. How many? How many? Is she gonna quadruple cross? Is she gonna quintuple cross? How I many mean, people is she gonna betray in this series? Honestly, at, at what point is it even crossing anyone and it's just doing exactly what you were expected to do? Yeah. Golly. Did love it though. Oh, as much as so I'm root, as much as you root for Storm to be the uh, come out on top, we're only on issue two. You don't want her on top yet, and that was a great betrayal. Oh yeah, and you're like you know you love you love seeing good strategy happen. Yeah, like you just do. <laughs> well, and like there's something about them predicting them knowing Mystique was going to betray them, and yet she still got away with it. That felt so good. The mm-hmm. fact that like it wasn't even like undercover or. Like, they straight up, the minute she shows up, are like, you're going to betray us. And yet, they still don't see it coming when she does. It's just awesome. Yeah, uh, there's something to be said about being so in your in your lane that, that you can pull that off. Absolutely. Uh, it says a lot about both Destiny and Mystique. That, like, and they're very different personalities and how they work so well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to introduce a segment we're going to have throughout The Sins of Sinister. I'm calling The Chimera Watch. Where we just have to discuss the new Chimera introduced every week and discuss which ones are really badass and which ones aren't. So this week, the the three biggies, one of, one of them was just the force field, which was a neat concept, but isn't really, you can't, like, oh yeah, they used a bunch of different mutant powers to make it really hard to yeah. get to the force field. I mean, but, it practically looked like a Clintar thing from, you know, King and Black. You absolutely. Know, like, yeah, it, it was, was not cool, but... multiple man angel hybrid. So cool. That was really cool. <laughs> that was the stand-ins for the scrolls was literally a bunch of multiple man but with angel wings. Badass. And then just peak Al Ewing is a madman freak of nature. Maggot marrow. Just these disgusting onslaught of plague basically. I, I love that, and that's something I'm really excited to see, uh, especially someone like Al Ewing toy with. It's just the way some of these uh, power sets can combine in just yeah. the weirdest ways, because I wouldn't have ever put those together in my head. Um, I feel like yeah. what we're, what we're going to get is all three writers being more and more deranged each, each issue but they each go deranged in their own direction like kieran gillen deranged is very different than al ewing deranged and then you've got size spurrier deranged and they're all going to be really unique takes and they're all going to amp up because we're going by factors of 10 in like this is only year 10 we're going to get year 100 and then we're going all the way to year a thousand so like we're going to keep getting more and more excuse the language fucked up chimera each each month i feel like absolutely and like you know like i was like yet it all kind of vibes with or jives really with the idea of like how sinister would think absolutely you know even though they're all going their different directions it's like okay yeah i can definitely see sinister coming up with this it it works in this miniseries even if they diverge because they're not all necessarily sinister. They're sinnerized other characters because, like, Mm -hmm. you assume at some point we're going to get more of Stellaris's, like, idea of the Chimera. We're going to get more Mother Righteous where she's using, like, mystical powers to make hers. We're going to get more of Sinister himself. We're getting the Sinister Councils. Like, you've got, like, nine different entities that are making their own messed up clones and it's all just going to keep coming at us and, uh... This miniseries just keeps ramping it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple of aesthetic things to talk about. 
uh, we can start with the actual like meta book aesthetics. I love the like mesh of kind of Star Wars with 80, 80s horror. Uh, so the title page was replaced by what was essentially the Star Wars scroll, yeah. except instead of yellow text, it was orange and blue, like 80s horror, that, that bad 3D. Uh, yeah. But the text was definitely the Star Wars font was the inspiration and the like language it used was star wars inspired oh so yeah just, it it felt like the opening crawl of a yeah. star wars movie like it very much had like 80s like cheap but awesome grungy movie like aesthetic to it that followed into the actual visuals of the book but then you did get like the page showing the team was that same 3d effect and the same kind of vaguely star warsian text um I just, I loved it so much and it really, really drilled it home. And I'm really curious to see next week. I want to know, is that, is that going to be the through line through Storm and the Brotherhood or because they're linking each month with an artist, like Nightcrawlers 1 and Immoral X-Men number one are both drawn by Kaka Medina. Is that visual going to be the, 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 what ties together all the issue ones? Ah. And I could see it going either way because it seems really thematic with this issue. So I could see it being a through line for storm but if it's the through line for the artist that would also make sense to me so i'm very that curious is, to see yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about like which way it would go i assumed it was going to be like through storm and the brotherhood um but which, which makes the be, most sense but does yeah. seem weird when each issue is drawn by someone else to give them this visual i don't know who knows no i, I get what you're saying for sure either way i love it and uh we better be getting at least two more issues, whether it's this month or each month. I, I need more of that style for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the other aesthetic thing, though, is Storm straight up adopting Magneto's look. So, yes. so she names her home base Asteroid S, the clear allusion to Asteroid M. Uh, she's wearing a helmet, literally just the Magneto helmet, but a size smaller because she don't have his giant head. The throne looks like his throne. Uh, the accents on her suit are clearly Magneto inspired. It's just she took the Brotherhood name like way back in issue two of Red, but it's very clear after he died, she took a lot more than the name from him. She took a lot of inspiration from the man. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if it's like her way of like carrying him with her in this battle, that kind yeah. of thing. There's something just so over the top good about th- that look, like. I saw people, people, I don't remember if it was in our Discord or another Discord server, I mean, like, critiquing it, like, saying, like, oh, she needs to get a different hairstylist or something. And I was just blown away, because as soon as I turned to that page, I was like, that's motherfucking Storm, that's her, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I love her look in this. I think it's incredible. Top top five Storm looks all time. I, I'm bummed we only get that look for one issue, because... Yeah. She's an old lady in the next issue. No spoiler alerts for everyone. She isn't dead, but she is a really old lady on the cover of issue two. <laughs> Very true. Okay. A little bit jumping around. Going back to Destiny. In your heart of hearts, is she being sincere about her approval of this timeline? When she's when she's telling Orbis that like she doesn't intend on using the engine because she knows Mystique's alive here and this like she can't take that for granted. I I don't know. I I genuinely am not sure. I mean, that seems like enough motivation for Destiny uh, in a way, right? It's just like, oh, it's Mystique. It's fine. That seems like enough motivation given 
their history with the Quiet Council and everything. Well, and it, her appearance was it the second. It was a really early issue of Immortal. Was basically dedicated to that, like she can't see a future where Mystique survives, and that's all she wanted was a future where they could survive together. Yeah. If, if somehow, if this is like De- Destiny's master play, is just side with Orbis so that this future doesn't get erased, will that be enough for Mystique? Absolutely not. Because she could say, "All I want is Mystique alive," but as terrible of a person as Mystique is, like Raven gives a shit about mutants as a whole right like that's yeah. half of her shtick yeah i i genuinely think um i do think that for destiny mystique being alive is enough like i yeah. i do but i don't think that's close to enough for mystique that destiny is alive i think that that will be a thing that comes to a head but yeah i'm wavering between whether i'm predicting and you know you don't need to make a big prediction because we only got a few weeks left and like it's fun to see how it unfolds but i see two paths basically either she's still playing multiple parts and her long con is still a, an eventual reset like i i think she wants the world to last long enough for sinister to realize he needs to play ball and he needs to he needs to work with the mutants for him to realize that his future won't work. So he needs to actually work towards the United future, mm-hmm. tying back in the, like we have to be on the same side thing and making that actually true again. But I could also see a version of this story where destiny is being sincere. And that leads to her on the opposite side as mystique later, because that would be a lot of intrigue. Also, Very those true. are the only two paths forward. I really could see at this point, but obviously we got a thousand years to play with lots can happen. But those are the two things I could see being set up here. And, and honestly, I agree. I think it's one of the two. I think it's either like, you know, we're really just going to play this as long as we can to make Sinister see how badly he will F it up. Yeah. Or or genuinely them having to face down, Mystique and Destiny having to face down is what will kind of bring the whole thing to a close. Which would be an awesome confrontation. Yeah. Can we talk about Quick? Oh, uh, this is like the most heartwarming thing ever. Okay. So good. So there's Iron Fire and there's Quick. Those are the two like brand new characters. They're on the Brotherhood. Except Quick, Lulu, is not brand new. Way back, X-Men Red number six, the little girl that uh, has the lovely banter with Craig of NASA, Craig Marshall... Uh, and then he ends up saving them, and then Storm comes in and saves him because she he does the whole like no today I am a Morocco and like was trying to stand between them and the bad guys, and then Storm comes in and cleans house. Both both of us loved that scene. God, that was forever ago. Now <laughs> that was like yeah. in the second month we were a show. They don't really address it, but twice in the book she's she's labeled as Lula Marshall, meaning at some point Craig of NASA adopts her. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I, I just what what a fun like full circle thing. Yeah. Uh, that also it's just like it's just kind of there right now, right? It's there if you see it. It's there if you see it, but also that means this timeline robbed us of that adorable moment. And if yeah. we don't get that post reset, if we don't get to see that play out, I'm going to I'm going to find out Ewing, and I am going to let him know how I feel about it. Because Honestly, that's that, fair. 
That is such a perfect moment. We got robbed of it. <laughs> okay. Iron Fire. Mm. Clearly, they want us speculating on who is this guy? Who is this guy? I don't have a pet theory yet. Um, I did see, like, probably the best one I saw people, like, throwing out there was was uh, Lotus Logos' son based off his power set and, like, the timing of it. Like, he, he would have been a kid now during the Red era and then 10 years later would have been old enough to be Storm's, like, number one lieutenant and relationship-wise that would make sense true um yeah i don't have any theories um i do know this i love him i know isn't he the one that when we were looking at all the like promotional pictures we were like oh that's like a lame new character (laughs) yeah fast him (laughs) straight up like it didn't give me anything but now like seeing him in action and everything i'm like yo wait this guy is cool as hell i love him (laughs) he he needs to be one of the ones you know we talk about like people that get They get to go back to the real timeline. Yeah. They need to find a way to bring us. We need iron, whether it's just we meet him as a kid after this, or we need Iron Fire. Yeah, I would love to have some more Iron Fire outside of the sinister bubble, uh, because I just he's yeah. rad. He's yeah. just so rad. <laughs> That's a great dude, and like him, him being so distrustful of everyone but store like he's the perfect lackey she needs a lackey he makes a great oh. lackey and like just yeah i just i want to see him as like you know storms storms right hand guy for a while you know? yeah oh. uh, all right uh I, i'm curious to see i, I know it doesn't really matter because we're going to be jumping forward to year 100 but when did mystique replace WizKid? and is WizKid okay because i like WizKid. right <laughs> for real and how did she make that swap, like, without the guys up on the surface noticing, hey, Mystique's gone, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I wonder if we'll even get an explanation. or. If oh, we won't, like... because we're jumping forward 90 years. Like, when would they give it to us? But yeah, I true. wish we had gotten it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, like you said last week, part of the fun of these stories is that there's this stuff that we don't get explained, and we just plow forward. And Yeah. It's like, I guess we're going to keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, usually we do the other book and then go to news, but there's not a ton of news this week. And the one piece of news we have is semi-relevant. So can, are, do you have any last thoughts on Storm or do you want to jump to news? I think that's everything I had on Storm. In the news this week, we did get confirmation of a few things related to Brotherhood of Storm and X-Men Red. Red is continuing to at least issue 13, which puts us to July, which would make it, as far as we know, the longest surviving book coming out of Sins of Sinister, because we know uh, Legion's just done. And then immortal we we were told gets two more issues and then an annual which would put it at 12 and then the annual and then be kaputsky uh theoretically probably heading into a volume two after the big shakeup of whatever fall of x means and the new leadership presumably or whatever it is but uh, we've been told 12 is going to be the end of this book of immortal which would at least imply red continues in its current form into uh not summer fall of x i keep wanting to call it summer symbiotes because we got some news on that this week too but and on top of finding out that the book is going to at least issue 13 uh we also got the actual solicitation for issue 11 Mm -hmm. uh, and we find out that when she rejoins the original timeline that storm's got a new love interest and i after this issue have a theory 
Do you want my theory? Yeah, what's your theory? Look, actually, I sort of have two theories because the main theory going online that's actually probably the most likely scenario is death because we know death has had the crush on her before they left. Uh, We see him in this issue, like helping defend the planet. And we know he comes back in that brotherhood of... No, not, it's not... What is it? Apocalypse and the brother... Whatever the apocalypse oh, and yeah, his yeah. heralds one-shot is. Uh, so we know he's around. So most of the internet seems to be assuming it's him. And honestly, that's probably the most likely scenario. But my pitch? Craig of NASA. I would love that. I mean, I mean... She kind of seemed to be acting a little maternal towards, uh, towards Lula here, right? Yeah. Like, what if, what if she was stepmom Storm with Craig as daddy? I would love that. Yeah. They'd make a good pair. Yeah, they had some. They had some chemistry when she saved his ass. <laughs> it's true. Give old, give old Craig a win. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but like I said, I I think actually the people saying it's probably death are probably right. But yeah. Who knows? All the solicitation says is she's got a new boo, so we'll see who it is. We'll have to see what it is. Alright, ready to talk to Bishop War College? Let's do it! Alright. Written by Jay Holtham and drawn by Sean Damian Hill, the issue opens with a letter from Danny Moonstar to Ileana about her concerns that Bishop is taking training too far with his War College. We then see him drilling armor, surge, Aura, Cam, and Amos over and over until they seemingly mutiny on him and just storm off. Danny shows up and informs him he has exactly one day to finish with this group, and then they're done. And he's like, but I'm in charge. And she's like, no, I talked to all the other war captains. He's like, you talked to the war captains without me? And she goes, you're not going to bully me too, Bishop. And then he's like, what? I'm a bully? You guys think I'm a bully? And then he gets all self-reflective for like a page. He then pounces on the beach. And then some sand, like, falling between his fingers gives him this idea. So he goes off excited back through the woods. And Mrs. Andrea and Andrea Strucker, you know, the Nazi siblings, showing up right behind him. Which should definitely put into question if he should be the one training the kids anyways. If, like, he's he's talking about, oh, there's so many threats on the island. And he misses the obvious threat on the island that's within his eyeline at one point. We see Cam and Aura kiss and resolve to get as strong as they can and go back tomorrow. In the Green Lagoon, Amas is talking with Armor about all the conflict and uh, asks about how Threshold dealt with gossip. Find out there wasn't much. We see Bishop recruiting Tempo, and then we get a data page that reveals a letter where the Quiet Council approved the War College, but put him on a short leash and asked him to take Amas, Cam, and Aura. Bishop has a nightmare of everyone he loves dead, and then meets the crew and promises to get them ready in this last day. And because of, like, the little mini-scenes we saw before, they're all fat gung-ho after their, their little mutiny. Uh, they head into the caverns under Krakoa, and he, he explore, explains that they're going to explore the gap where Krakoa's roots merge with the seabed because that ex- is an exposed danger that's never been dealt with. Suddenly, they're attacked by wrong slide. Uh, Bishop reveals that this is their final training, and he uses tempo so that they have, uh, like, a... Th- 10 second loop or whatever so that it loops infinitely which gives them unlimited time to repeat and repeat and repeat because apparently his remorse only lasted for a page <laughs> unfortunately the strucker twins attack somehow breaking the time loop uh they use blight's will to negate all the hero's powers and bishop and tempo attempt to destroy their their tunneling device and hold them off while the rest escape but they get caught in some temporal shenanigans and bishop lands at the x mansion in the past 
The powerless youngsters start to hike up while Bishop kind of wakes up and starts heading into the mansion, and he's approached by young Cyclops and Jean Grey. But now they're African-American. Okay, so first, I just want to be extremely clear as, like, two cis white dudes, there are some, some parts of this issue that we're not going to dive super deep into just because it's it's not appropriate for us to talk about in certain ways. Yes, I feel woefully <laughs> unqualified to talk about parts yeah. of it. So I'm going to do my best to not step on any toes, anything <laughs> like that. I just, I want to keep that out of my conversation. And if anything we say somehow does broach anyone's boundaries and it comes off as offensive, it is completely unintentional and we're attempting to talk about it from a place of understanding. <laughs> and, and if it does, please let me know because yeah. I want to cut that shit out immediately. So. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Learning. <laughs> so, there's a lot of really fun potential with what this issue set up, but mm. it is definitely not the story we were sold on. Also correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really, maybe I just didn't read any solicitations after the first one. I thought this really was a book about him training the kids. Like, yes. I, I had no idea that it was immediately going to diverge. And like, yeah, I, I didn't either. <laughs> it really caught me by surprise. I'm going to be completely honest. Honestly. And, and I mean, that part, that part was weird to me that it spent so little time actually with that. Well, even in the issue, because apparently the rest of the series, he's not with the kids. So none of that will be, but even here, it didn't seem like there was much actually training going on that we saw. We saw him basically fail to train and then get sent yeah. away. Well, yeah, we saw him get yelled at and uh, lose his students because he trained them too long and too hard, and then he reflected, and then and then he did it again anyways. Okay, to train them too long and too hard, as long as time doesn't ever pass. <laughs> yeah, I, it's weird that I feel like this book is incredibly tied to the current run of Marauders because yeah. they pulled in so many characters from it and themes from it and. I want to talk a Moss in a minute, but they don't use any of the characterization of him from there. This is the biggest dick he has seemed like in a long time. Like, yeah. Like he's kind of the voice of reason over in Marauders. And then here it's like, he's got no reason at all. It seems like it's I very strange. agree with that. Yeah. Again, I'm being very careful about how I phrase this, but I find it frustrating that instead of giving like a focus to the, underutilized african-american cast that we have because there are a lot of mutants on krakoa right now have are and have always been african-american that have not gotten the spotlight in the last couple of years that haven't been focused on so if they're launching this book for black history month and i don't know how much of a coincidence the timing of this was right. or not I'm, I'm excited to explore like how gene and cyclops would be different if if they were african-american i think that will be interesting but it's frustrating if this is the only like attempt at at increasing re representation we get. That none, seemingly none of the kids on the team are African American. I, I don't think, and like right. there's no, no focus on any of the existing African American characters. It didn't seem like like I don't want to I don't want to say say the writer didn't realize that there was existing characters they could use. I would assume they knew that, but it felt like an active choice to not utilize 
the characters they have and that seems like a weird choice to me even abstracted from no i get what you're saying be- like i'm trying to i'm trying to give it time to play out before i have like a final opinion on yeah it. i'm not like jumping on um, it like i said no. I'm, I'm excited by the premise it's just it seemed weird yeah absolutely well because like i think part of it is i think about it makes me think about dc yeah and how uh in dc like calvin ellis exists right he is a black superman and all of that and he's mostly underutilized and only used for whatever crisis event right i have um I have liked, they've been using him more lately, but I I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, They've been using him more and I love that trend. My, that's just my, my thought goes to that. And I'm just like, okay, like we're really towing into that similar line where it's like, okay, we have this alternate universe. This is how these characters are there. Is anything going to come out of it? Or is it just for this? Whereas, you know, like you were saying, we could use this opportunity to like, maybe introduce readers to these mutants they didn't know were around and you know we'll see potential is there i don't know yet i'm trying to be careful with how i uh i'm excited but i'm excited to read the rest of it and i'm going to absolutely have an open mind and i'm going to listen to voices that are more appropriate to talk about it and take in how it how they think that it represents more than my, my own thoughts on the representation aspect of it. I will say, I think using a moss here was a huge misstep because it yeah. makes no sense that you would literally rescue someone from that far back in the past, be in the middle of finally helping them just acclimate to existing again because literally revived from millennia ago. And your first thought is to separate a moss from the, their two peers, the two people on the entire island that they know and they love and they uh, can relate to and say, no, instead, we're going to send you off with this random group of strangers for drill training. It just seems super weird. And yeah. seemed like it, was just, it was just to increase that Marauders crossover quality mm-hmm. and should definitely have been swapped out for a character that, helped actually utilize the african-american cast i think i absolutely agree especially because like i don't know i don't think it needs to cross over with marauders that much i don't find marauders particularly interesting so the less it connects the the better (laughs) oh but also it's really weird to to immediately tie any any character solo book with their team book like feels like you're saying this character doesn't stand on their own enough and like Right. Bishop stands on his own. Bishop's awesome. Yeah, I love Bishop. I think we covered everything I really had to say yeah. on it. But, I didn't have but a my lot bi- more to say either. My biggest thing is I don't like what a jerk he comes off as because yeah. his characterization has been so friendly so, lately. So mean. <laughs> and like just and like we said, just like doesn't his moment of reflection is nothing. It's diddly squat. He immediately is just like, let's do it endlessly instead. It does not make a, a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so normally this is where we would go around the Marvel Universe. Nothing else I read tied to the X-Men. Did you read anything that had much X-Men tie? Nothing. Okay. Um, Daredevil's really good, y'all. 
you should be reading Daredevil if you're not reading Daredevil. <laughs> okay, I might have to pick back up on that. Uh, it's it is shifted with this new volume to to ground that Daredevil's never covered. He's created an island of restorative justice essentially he broke these guys out of prison and he's not like clearing their records or but he's just like giving everybody an opportunity for hey let's all become better people together and it's working and it's just really cool plus he's got mystical powers because they've they've formed the opposite of the hand and it's just lots of good stuff but anyways if you're not reading daredevil or if you jumped off after devil's reign this new volume is really cool because zadarsky kind of I feel like he, 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 with his first volume, proved himself and like won over the fans. So now he's able to push the mythology in totally different ways, and it's really good. Like, I was, I was trying to read it when it, this new run started. started. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it just wasn't hitting. Like back when it was Devil's Reign, you know, like that. I just, it wasn't hitting for some reason. Yeah, so like right post Devil's Reign, I feel like it might have. Because it's on issue eight or nine now. Like, as they were setting up the kind of new status quo where he just suddenly decided, I'm going to go live on an island and help fulfill this this prophecy. Did It was a big shift. And so I could see how it could have lost you. But plow through and catch up because it's really good. And, like, he's butting heads with Punisher right now in a really fun way because Punisher also has unlocked these mystical powers. And it's just... And, you it's, know, I think that might be it, too. It's like, I dropped Punisher and Daredevil around the same time, and I think it's because, like, it was just a weird intermingled mix, and none of them yeah. were quite hitting for me. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it's just different enough. You remember, I kind of didn't love Devil's Reign, because I thought it didn't deserve to be an event. So, I was like, yeah. it could just be our different wavelengths True. there. We'll have uh, to see. Next week. Next week technically a big week but i don't think like some of it we have to talk about more than other parts nightcrawlers number one very excited for it marauders 11 wolverine 30 and then and this is the one i told you i before we recorded i really want to talk about what a weird choice this is x-men 19 and captain marvel 46 so we're getting two pieces of their crossover at the same time which is a weird isn't it like a short crossover too i think they're only crossing over three two issues each three issues each so it doesn't seem like they need to put them out at the same time but maybe maybe it's it's what dark web was promised to be in like they're 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 both involving the brood but are like you could read just one follow it maybe i don't know Uh, we'll read both well, uh, Captain Marvel might be around the Marvel Universe might be something we're actually talking about I don't know I don't know. won't know till we read it uh, something that probably will be punted to around the Marvel Universe just because there's so many books and the first two issues just didn't have that much to talk about Extreme X-Men 3 which speaking of awesome Storm outfits has Storm looking awesome and that's about all that book has going for it very true and I don't want to I, I don't want to overhype it in case things don't work out but as of now Return of Uncanny Kin, which should be really loads of fun. I love that guy. Me too. I'm so excited for that. As he, uh, as soon as he left that day, he said he has dibs on the first Nightcrawlers, and <laughs> we have reserved it for him. But unless you have anything else, I believe that is all that I have. That'll do it for us. After a plethora of requests, we have a Discord server. Join to chat with us and our tight knit community. It's new. It's minimal, and I imagine it's going to grow a lot in 2023. Keegan. I don't yeah. want to talk to you for a week. 
Why are we talking? Why are we meeting up so often? I would be very upset if I talked to you in the next few days on Ooh. some mysterious project that has not been announced yet. I mean, definitely. I just I can't imagine having to spend more than this hour a week with you. It better not happen. Uh, Make sure mm. you like us, review us on all places, follow us, and if nothing else, tell a friend who you think might enjoy it. I'm that nerdy Papa Bear on all of the socials. Keegan is Bulk Ranger. Until next time, remember. Never trust the blue ones. Oh crap. It's time to listen to these pickheads again. They read, they watch, and they play. Also, you don't have to. So sit back. Cause it's time to open the bag.